Welcome to the Unmothered Podcast. Join me as we explore all the feelings and confusion surrounding the mother-daughter bond. Laugh with me, cry with me, and learn new ways to cope with what can be a very lonely existence without a mother to rely on. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, peeps. Welcome back to another episode of the Unmothered Podcast. Today, I'm going to dive into a topic from, you know me, a movie I saw. (laughs) You know, one of the things that really fascinates me is that no matter where I look or, you know, what kind of conversation I'm having or a movie that I see, there's always elements of a mom that is um, either toxic or dysfunctional or just, you know, is kind of unattuned to really what's going on. And so, I mean, great for subject matter, but it always just kind of blows me away that um, every time I'm just kind of sitting, you know, watching a movie, just thinking like, wow, I wonder what this movie is going to be about. It just brings up a lot of issues and also just a lot of memories of things that, um, that I've gone through with my mom. And so, of course, you guys being the unmothereds too, I thought this would be a really good topic to kind of dive into. The episode is really about how many times do you save your mother when she's in trouble? And when does helping her become enabling? That's a fine line, right? So we're going to dive into this. So I wanted you guys to learn the difference between helping with love versus being the person who's allowing the continuation of the dysfunction. That's a fine line because, you know, hey, we love our moms. You know, some of us are in the throes of how do I handle this? How much do I handle? Do I handle it at all? How much do I help? Like that kind of stuff. And so hopefully going through this conversation today and listening to this episode will help you with some of those questions and lead you to a, a better place of really knowing when to step in and when this is really just your mom's journey, not yours. So let's dive in. So I recently watched a movie. It's been it's been a few months. I watched this movie on, I think it was on Netflix. It was actually called To Leslie, and it was a movie that was a sleeper movie. It was made with, I think, less than a million dollar budget. And they took it to Sundance and it won awards. And the star of the show is an English actress named Andrea Riseborough. And she knocked it out of the park as this alcoholic mother and who wins the lottery. And so this was the little show that could, right? So this movie was made on a super small budget. She's not like a really well-known actress. She is a beautiful character actress, and she always does a wonderful job. But she got into this part big time. Like there was, like her hair was dirty. She didn't wear makeup. Like she was this really addicted mom and played the part beautifully, well, this show started getting feet. They people, other movie stars were like, oh my gosh, this girl needs to get an award. Like, this is so great. It was such a good movie. It's loosely based on a true story. So it's not a true story. Of course, they like probably embellished the heck out of it, but it was loosely based on a true story. 
of this mom that won was already like an alcoholic mom, like very much doing really crazy things, not taking care of her son. And um, she wins the lottery for $190,000, which most people would say, great. All your problems are going to go away now. Money will solve it, right? Well, now, of course, we know that that's not true. (laughs) If money could solve all problems, we wouldn't have addictions. We wouldn't have people with big traumas. We just wouldn't have all these emotional issues. We would just fix it with money, right? And that's not what happened. And so this movie actually, through the process of other people talking about it so much, they nominated her for a supporting actress role or best actress role for an Emmy. She didn't win it, but like everyone even, I think, um, trying to think of what actress won, maybe Michelle Yeoh won for best actress. And I think she did a shout out to her. This movie was so great. So the premise of this movie is that it's a single mom in Texas. She's struggling to keep her life afloat. And it kind of goes back and forth six years after her winning the lottery. She was already an alcoholic. She was already not living a great life, had this little son. Six years later, now he is in college and uh, working and she hits rock bottom and is forced to reckon with her choices and the son that she's left behind. So she's been on the road. She pretty much is selling her body to get whatever she needs. She gets beaten up. Like it's, it's really hardcore. It's hard to watch. And then in some things I'm like, wow, this is very similar to the things that my mom put her herself in those situations. And so it really hit home for me. But I think one of the things that struck out to me was six years later, after they have shown that she has actually blown all the money, $190,000, you guys, blown all the money. She's back to being this homeless person selling her body and has not seen her son in a very long time. And so now she's back in town in West Texas where it all started and she wants to meet back up with him and uh, she calls him because she's um, basically got beat up and she has nothing. And so he takes her in. And this story just triggered me in so many ways because this is exactly where my mom was at some point is that she became homeless. Um, She kind of gave up on life. She was just doing whatever, couch surfing. She stayed at a shelter for a while. Didn't want to get help for her problems, but wanted us to help her. And I was around 21 at the time. Actually, I take that back. I was like 25, 26, because this is when I was going through my divorce, starting my life over. And so I was living in an apartment by myself, having really good alone time to figure out who I was. And my mom came back in my life and she needed to have an address to be able to collect, well, one, to be able to get on HUD housing so she could actually get a home and two, to be be able to collect like some welfare or like food stamps, things like that. So it was very similar. This, This woman, Leslie, called her son and said, can I come stay with you? And he was living with a roommate. And so he takes her in and of course, you know, he gives her 
the bed and then he sleeps on the couch. And she's very sketchy and he knows it, but he loves his mom. And so as he goes to his job, she gets up in the morning and immediately starts searching through the house, even in his roommate's room for money, find some. And this was, again, so similar to what happened is my mom would say, oh, do you have $20? I need to go get some, you know, personal items at the drugstore or something like that. And I knew it was a lie. And yet this is what we fall into is the behavior and trying to fix situations and thinking and having this core belief of like, maybe this time it's going to be different and she'll get better. And she's in this safe, beautiful place. Nobody's going to hurt her. So it should be fine. And you give them the money. In this case, she stole the money. And, you know, she's telling him she's going to look for a job, like everything's going to be different. All the things that my mom would tell me. And then she ripped him off, kind of destroyed the house, and she left again. And her son is left with the residuals of Liz. Not only like she messed up his life again, but now he has to explain this to his roommate and owes him money and stuff. So it just brought me back to a time when I was enabling my mom and thinking like, if I just bring her into my house and I show her that there is no man here that's going to beat you up, there's nothing here that's going to harm you. The house is filled with love, like everything's going to be fine. I don't know. I think I might have told this story before, but what ended up happening was I would go to work and then I started getting phone calls from my neighbors saying like, hey, your mom's making quite a bit of noise. Like one of my neighbors had just had a baby downstairs and they're like, yeah, we're trying to like get our baby to go to sleep and she's banging and we hear things breaking and it was just so chaotic. And I remember coming home and my curtain rod was broken and she was drunk and I did not handle it well. I really started raging because everything that I was trying to get away from and I was going through my own heartbreak of losing my son that had just passed, breaking up this dysfunctional marriage and now trying to start over again all on top of having all the trauma of growing up in this crazy, violent, dysfunctional home. And trying to get my head wrapped around it of like, how do I make this different? I now just brought that person back into my history. And so even though my heart of hearts, I wanted to help my mom and show her what a beautiful life could be. The fact of the matter is, is that when they're not ready to really be healed, they're just going to keep using you. And so she would take my money and then she would go out and she would drink or she would steal from me. And so That day after I got the phone call, because now you're threatening my livelihood and the place where I have to live, I, in no uncertain terms and not very nicely, I basically cussed the heck out of her and told her to get out of my house and do not come back. And I am done saving her. And this is not my responsibility that she made this choice to live this kind of life. And until she's decided that she can be someone different and do something different, then we weren't going to have a relationship. In the interim, (laughs) you know, I don't know, she has nine lives. God was really being favorable to her because 
she did actually end up getting, because she used my address, she ended up getting her head housing. She ended up getting a little apartment and she didn't change very much, but she did manage to keep that apartment until her dementia set in. And so her alcoholism didn't really change that much, but her old age kind of caught up with her where she couldn't really do the same things that she had. So back to this story is this son was so upset that he had once again brought her back into, you know, his his home and, and trusted her with all of these things. And she completely disregarded who he was as a person. And it broke my heart because I know that feeling of loving the parent so much that you know is dysfunctional and toxic. But in your heart of hearts, you're like, why can't I have a parent that understands and just for once in their life thinks of my feelings and is also like grateful that we are adults, that we can help them, that they could have stayed with us. We could have had a good relationship. It's never possible. And so the points of this whole show is that she had to hit rock bottom. Somebody ended up helping her again and showing her what responsibility looked like. She did end up um, stop drinking. She ended up going to AA. There was ins and outs of that. But someone helped her dream again, which was really, really great in the movie. Doesn't always happen in real life, but in the movie, someone helped her dream again, and she dreamed of opening this little restaurant. And I'll just, I won't tell you the end of the story, but I'll tell you if you get a chance to watch Two Leslie, it's just kind of a a good show to see the ins and outs of how an addict works, how they struggle, how they manipulate, all of those things. So as a child of a, a adult child of an alcoholic, here's some questions to ask yourself. Is it better to let an addict hit rock bottom or do you just help them out along the way? And should you sever ties with a mom who's out of control with her addiction? And then what can you do to keep yourself in a healthy posture while you're dealing with a toxic mom? And so I think the basic thing of this whole episode is to let you know that you can never feel guilty for setting healthy boundaries with a parent who is unstable and damaged in their thinking and in their posture. You have to keep your boundaries rock solid. And it's not the time for you to fold and keep helping her out. This is up to you how much you want to give and how much you don't. I see this time and time again. I have friends that call me and go, yeah, you know, my mom moved in with us. I just didn't know what to do. And then a month later, they're calling me going, oh my gosh, she is disrupting my home. She's destroying everything. She's making me feel guilty for calling her out on these things. She's telling me how to be in my house This is what happens when you bring toxic people back in. So while it is very hard and scary to let someone hit rock bottom, you are not helping them when you bring them in and let them destroy everything that you're trying to change in your own home. And also, they're not going to ever change just because you dress them up and make them look good on the outside. It's just not going to happen. And so I think 
it's up to you. I don't have a solid answer for this because I'm not in your shoes, but I will tell you in my shoes, when I tried to help my mom time and time again, when I tried to actually bring her into my home to show her what healthy looked like, she was not interested. It wasn't, she wasn't capable of it. I don't even think she thought she deserved it. That's really the bottom line is that my poor mom just had this scarcity mentality that she didn't deserve what the world put out to her, but she was going to take everything she could from the world and it was all the bad things. And so it was really hard to get her in a place of gratefulness and peace. There was no peace in her mind. And so boundaries had to come into play and boundaries are so healthy and people think of boundaries as this heartless, horrible thing. Boundaries has saved my life. It saved my life to say, no, I gave you this chance. You just walked right over it, ruined everything that we were trying to build. And you are trying to destroy what is what I want to have happen in the future. We can't get to another place of peace and happiness the way God has intended our life to be when you keep allowing the evil to come back in. And I hate to say that, you know, because I'm talking about a parent, but sometimes parents are evil, evil minded because they don't know better. The enemy has taken over their souls. Like there's just nothing. I I literally took care of my mom off and on for 16 years. I was the last person she saw before she passed. I get it. Like, I'm not saying be cold hearted. I'm saying set a boundary where they don't come into your home. And so if you could see them changing their actions and you see that, you know, maybe you bring them into the fold and they're super grateful and they will go to AA and they do therapy and they do these things, they start doing the things that are making them healthier and happier. By all means, you should be a part of that. But if you're bringing someone into the fold and they are completely decerating everything that you have in your home, they're like just making a mess. They're creating crisis between possibly you and your husband or maybe a roommate or something like that. And this is what happened in that family is that he told her, you're done. Like, I I don't want to see you anymore. She called him a few times in between that. He was like, no, And then at some point he was like, okay, I see the changes you've made. I see how you are getting healthy. Maybe I will come see you. I think actions speak louder than words. I can't tell you how many times my mom has said, I will never do that again. I am done. It's over. It's never going to happen. You don't need to immediately jump in and save them every time they use words. Change takes time. It may never happen. You need to wait and see. You need to see their action steps. So I know that this is something that a lot of women struggle with, especially young girls, especially young girls that have just had children where they're like, man, I just really want my mom to come and enjoy what what I'm enjoying, like have the peace, that I, the blessing, the beauty that I see And you want to bring them in the fold and you want to have them feel the same way. The reality is, is unless they're ready to take that step and they trust the process, that may never happen. 
And I don't want to see you guys enabling parents to the part where it is stifling your growth because you can't get out of your own way of knowing like she has chosen this way of life. You do not need to walk beside her in that. You can love her, but you can love her in different ways. And that doesn't mean bringing her into your home, into your peace, into the new things that you want to create for your family. It means you meet her somewhere else, or if she's really dangerous and toxic, you meet her not at all. You just tell her, we're not going to have a relationship right now because you are not in a healthy place. I can't even bring my baby around you because you're not in a healthy place. That is a healthy boundary. People have a choice of whether to be good or bad and to decide if they want to be a part of your family or not. And that family has to have rules and boundaries set in place. Otherwise, it doesn't work. It's just a free-for-all. So that is where I came from. I think in the long run, as I set boundaries around my mother, which I've told you before, I would meet her at her house. She was not allowed into mine because of the few times that she came in and disrupted. I realized it, it just has to be a different way and a different look. That worked for us. Um, I really think my mom, I had words of affirmation from my mom as she actually got dementia where she would say like, you're a really good daughter and I bet you're a really good mom. Those words were gold to me because, and I knew they were God breathed from her because my mom didn't talk like that. So I was blown away by that. But I knew deep down that she knew that it was necessary for me to set that hard boundary line so that we could have a, a relationship that was real and built on equality and not this, you know, I'm going to give, 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 and you're going to take, take, take. And that's all our relationship is about. So I hope this helped you a little bit. If you get a chance, check out that movie. I mean, don't watch it if you think it's going to trigger you. <laughs> that's probably not good. I literally was crying. I was. It just brought back a lot of memories, but also I did feel great love for this woman. I felt, you know, very sorry for, for her. I I know that she had probably gone through a lot of stuff way before she became an alcoholic. But again, it just shows you the different feelings that they go through. So, if you're someone who can handle that kind of movie, I would really recommend you seeing it. If nothing else, like this actress was, she played such a good part in this movie. It was very real. It reminded me of some of the struggles my mom went through and it gave me a lot of empathy for this woman. And so, yeah, so you can have empathy for your mom. Just really set those boundaries in place. And until next time, I don't know if I'll see another movie. (laughs) If I haven't, I have some other topics. And I'm hoping to bring on a special guest very soon. And so when I know more, I'll tell you more. But until then, peeps, have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you want to get connected with other women who share your unmothered heart, head on over to my private Unmothered Facebook community group. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review for this podcast to help me share this message with other listeners. All the links mentioned in today's episode will be in the show notes below. Bye, peeps!